You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing the benefits and advancements in flowable composites. Our guest is Dr. Kevin Brown, a recognized cosmetic and restorative dentist and a member of a variety of dental associations and societies, among which he is an accredited member of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. He has published in numerous dental journals, and in several issues, you have probably seen Dr. Brown featured on the front cover of the prestigious Journal of Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Brown, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk today. Well, thank you, Phil. I appreciate it. Um, it's a pleasure and an, and an honor to be here. I've, I just recently learned of these podcasts, and I think it's just a wonderful thing and the opportunity to learn from such wonderful people that I respect, and just uh, an honor to be amongst them. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's an exciting topic you're talking about and certainly very relevant to everybody's daily routine practice. So my first question is, what are the benefits of flowable composites? The first thing that I love about flowable composites and is a, a big benefit is their ability to adapt so nicely to the cavity floor and the cavity walls, especially in tight or difficult to reach areas and especially in a, interproximal boxes for class two or class three preps on posterior teeth. And why do some doctors hesitate to use them in their practice? Well, I think that the main hesitation is with flowable composites, you have less filler content in there, so you're going to have a higher volumetric shrinkage. And some of the concerns are when you're doing like a class two or a class three filling and you put that flowable down in the proximal box, is it going to shrink back at the marginal interface? and create micro gaps where you can get micro leakage, or is there gonna be a, an air bubble that's flowing out through the syringe tip down in there and you just can't see it? So those have been some of the frustrations I, I believe that people deal with, and so there's the hesitation. And I know there's alternative treatment um, placement techniques that can get around that, but just in, in general, those are, are some of the main ones, just the shrinkage stress and then polishability, if you're gonna use it on, on the surface part of the filling, those are good concerns. I mean, you can't blame doctors for thinking about that when they're doing a class two direct restorative. Let me ask you this. What do modern flowable composites, based on the concerns you just mentioned, what do they do to address these concerns? So the newer flowable composites have improved by increasing the percentage of filler, which helps decrease the percentage of volumetric shrinkage. And the filler size and shape has also helped improve the strength and wear resistance to the same level of universal composites, which is very incredible. So you can actually use a flowable restorative composite to do the whole restoration with some of these new materials? Yeah, which is amazing because uh, we're just traditionally using them as a liner, but now we can go ahead and bring it to the full, full restoration. An innovative new one, it's by Tokuyama, Estelite Universal Flow. And that is the flexural strength and the compressive strength that can withstand the normal forces imposed upon a universal composite? That's what the studies show. They put it through the test, and it's giving very comparable and, and sometimes even better resistance and flexural strength. As far as flowable composites, and I have a couple of other questions to ask you after this that we talked about, but this question really relates to when a dentist uses it. Now, is it something that you would use routinely for uh, every class two preparation to get to get that material down in the box. What are your thoughts on that? So I've had problems, um, as we kind of talked about in the beginning, with potential air bubbles happening down in those areas. Uh, even with 
some of the best ones, you can still get air bubbles down in there. It's just a matter of the way it's manufactured and stuff. So you have to be careful. And there's ways to use your explorer tip to go in there and drag it around and try and decrease that. But even introducing an instrument can increase the chance of, of air bubbles. So one technique that I've learned of from Dr. Marco Vargas is where you can place the flowable composite down into a, a proximal box. And then before curing, you place the packable composite and that extrudes the majority of it and you just wipe it off before curing and, and you can get a pretty good and predictable result that way, getting the advantages of the way the flowable flows into those marginal areas, but not so much that's in there that you're going to get air bubbles. So that's one technique that I've, I've found advantageous and I try to do it as much as possible mm-hmm. that way. When you have the room to do it on even a class one composite, I try to do that on the, the pulpal floor just to get some added uh, adaptation there and minimize the layering options with standard composites where you're trying to get them from, you know, the facial wall and then you cure it and then you do the lingual wall and you cure it just to reduce the C factor stress of a, of a larger size filling. And so if you can get those little thin layers, it really helps. And viscosities are another thing that's advantageous with the newer composites. So that leads me to my next question regarding Estelite universal flow. It comes in several viscosities. Can you talk about that and the clinical applications of each viscosity? It's really uh, a great benefit to have these different viscosities available because I definitely use each one in a specific clinical situation. For example, the high flow version I like to use for preventative resin restorations where I just open up the groove for like a sealant and then it flows in very nicely into the small little open grooves. And I know it's going to be strong and resistant and last a long time versus just your standard sealant material. The medium flow I'll use for things like cementing lingual wires, uh, small class two slot preps that are really hard to get the packable composites down into without creating voids or air bubbles um, or just becomes a big mess. And so it flows in there really nice and adapts well. And I can bring it up to the full cavity preparation as well with those because they're strong enough. And then the super low flow is one of my favorites because it doesn't slump. Um, And just today, as a matter of fact, I was restoring a root canal treated tooth on number seven that had been done by the endodontist. and They left a post space for me. And so I got the post in there, the patient's laying back, and I just used this super low flow all around the post so it adapts well, but it didn't slump. So I could just bring it all the way up to like a buildup, and that worked great. Um, Anything else you want to tell us about using different viscosities? Well, yeah, like to say on a on a posterior tooth, especially like an upper molar, you're doing a crown prep or again a, a buildup, and you're just needing to add a little bit of composite to fill in and undercut where the where the decay was, um, and it's kind of hard to reach those areas and and to try and just get a, a packable composite back there and get it to adapt right can be a little frustrating at times. But if you can get a flowable to go in there and not have it droop all over the place then it's wonderful. So this higher viscosity works perfectly in that way where you can get it to place and then move it around with your instruments uh, without having it slump. And it just goes in a much smoother way and less time with polishing it off and refining the preparation. The one you mentioned uh, by Tokiyama, Estelite Universal Flow, does that need to be capped off as other flowable composites usually do? Nope, it does not. It's uh, strong enough to just be filled all the way up just by itself. It's, It's wonderful. You're saying all three, even even the most flowable, that does not it does not need to be capped. That's correct. All three all three viscosities can be used all the way up 
to the, the cable service margin. Is there any other information you'd like to share with our listeners about flowable composites, such as getting the composites to be in your workflow, which means training your staff, um, having it part of your armamentarium when you set up a direct restorative procedure, and any other clinical recommendations? Uh, and also, I'm curious to know how many dentists are actually using flowable composites. I would think a lot. I know bulk fills have become very popular, but um, I'm sure doctors are still using flowables. Your thoughts on that? I don't know any doctor personally that does not use a flowable. Um, I, I lecture with a friend of mine, Dr. Greg Gillespie, who he was surprised that there are quite a few that actually don't use flowable composites for those reasons that were mentioned in the beginning with the shrinkage and the uh, air bubbles and such. And so I'm kind of a tinker. And when I try a new product, I don't just go straight into the mouth and use it. I have plastic teeth here that I that I've learned to teach myself polychromatic layering with of anterior teeth with composites and I've extracted teeth that I do things with and so I'll practice using the material on those first just to get a feel for it and so that would be a suggestion of mine to anybody who's trying out anything new and it's just a good way to get your fingers used to it and and see how it flows and if you can manipulate it and and how it all how it all works so yeah I mean that's a that's a great point that you made that you try you try it out on plastic teeth. I'm not sure many dentists do that, but I, I certainly think it's admirable to try it out on a dentiform teeth, tooth and, and just see how it works, just the handling and, and everything else um, before you do it on a real tooth. We certainly did that in dental school, right? Um, right. So the, the big thing is, is the concern doctors have about the shrinkage um, and the air bubbles, the possibility of having a void in that flowable. Basically with this materials, at least the materials you're using with Tokiyama, you think those concerns at this point uh, are not really relevant? Yeah. And so in the, in the last few years, as I've been really trying to perfect my skills on some of these materials, because uh, each material is going to be a little bit different, and you have to learn how they work, uh, even from brand to brand. And so uh, as you become comfortable with whatever one works best in your hands, then you can become predictable through repetition, and you know what to expect from it where its potential flaws are and how to avoid having those flaws based on your technique. And so usually the techniques that are provided through the manufacturer or um, just through listening to, you know, podcasts like this or going on even um, some of the online CE course type places, you can learn some great techniques and it's just a matter of, of practicing and doing it yourself. Yeah. You should do some webinars for us. We, we have uh over 1,100 on-demand webinars on VivaLearning.com. We're probably the largest CE webinar organization. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so uh, we do quite a lot of that. So what's the name of the flowables that you use? I know the company's Tokiyama, but for our listeners, if they're interested, what is the name of the actual product? The Estelite Universal Flow, and then you can pick your viscosity or viscosities that you want to use, and they come in all the different colors, and they have some that are more opaque and some that are more translucent. So you can use them in different applications. Yeah, no, that was a great recommendation. Dr. Brown, thanks for your time today. And it was a pleasure having you on the show. Bill, thank you very much. I look forward to another time. 